Today's podcast is brought to you by Patreon supporter Sean Sellers. If you'd like to learn how you can support the podcast through a small, recurring monthly donation, log on to schooloflast.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And we also have another sponsor. If you're a really funny comedian who wants more laughs, more gigs, and more money, the Clean Comedy Conference 2017 in San Diego is just for you. You'll learn from successful well-known comedians like Eddie Brill and Jimmy Brogan, as well as working comedians you may never have heard of who are making bank doing what they love. And they'll show you how you can do it too. More laughs, more gigs, and more money. The Clean Comedy Conference is October 13th through the 15th at the Comedy Palace in San Diego. It'll be jam-packed with workshops, panels, performance critiques, and plenty of networking and opportunities to perform. Registration is just under 120 bucks when you use the code SCHOOL OF LAUGHS. But this offer ends soon, so don't dilly-dally. Register now at cleancomedyconference.com and use the code SCHOOL OF LAUGHS. And you're on your way to more of everything you deserve. More laughs, more gigs, and more money. Clean Comedy Conference brought to you by Brandon Young and Maria Herman. Offer expires September 15th. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by schooloflaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here again. Thanks to the CleanComedyConference.com for supporting the podcast. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the episode. And to Sean Sellers, who's one of our Patreon supporters. If you are a Patreon supporter at the $7 a month or more level, you will be invited to the next Zoom Hangout on September 23rd. 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. So noon if you're on the East Coast, earlier if you're somewhere West. But right here in Nashville, where I am, 11 a.m. Central Time. You'll automatically be invited, like I said, through the Patreon platform and through an email, as well as your Club 52 weekly email that you're getting at that $7 level. All right, what can I tell you about today's podcast? It's a pretty exciting show. Have you ever wondered about starting a comedy club from scratch? I mean, from scratch. Well, today, my guests, Luke and Scott, both did that here in Nashville, Tennessee at Third Coast Comedy Club. They've been part of different improv backgrounds in different cities, different states altogether, moved here at different times, but bumped into each other, struck a friendship, and then struck a pact to launch their own improvisationally-based comedy club. A lot of big turning points in the journey, a lot of work, a lot of stress. You'll hear all about that right here in this episode. And at the end, stay tuned for a couple of big announcements about things happening right there at the comedy club that they started, Third Coast Comedy Club in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, I am here at Third Coast Comedy Club uh, for the first time. I've been watching the progress going into this place uh, online and through my comedy community buddies for quite a while. But it's pretty exciting to actually be in the space. I love Welcome. the way it's set up. It's good to have you here. Hey, thanks a lot. And so just go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners really quickly. I'm going to get into how you guys met, and then we're going to talk about the, uh, the progress of the club here. Yeah, I'm Luke Watson. I'm one of the co-founders here. 
And I'm Scott Field. I'm the uh, one of the co-founders here as well. I guess that <laughs> there's there two, two of us. Two, so we're all president accounted so for. <laughs> the meeting can can this start. Is, this is it. <laughs> now, you guys obviously come from a huge improv background. Start, Luke, if you don't mind, tell me how you got started in improv, and we'll pop over to Scott in a second. Yeah, um, I think I got started around probably 2010 uh, down in Atlanta. Um, with some folks uh, that were performing all across the city, some at Dad's Garage, some other troops. And uh, we started a troupe called Orphan Improv just because it was a group of people that were all you know, from other troops. And it was really neat to um, just jump right in. I had never had a class, so to just I was learning literally improv on stage from a host of how a game worked, which gave me a rush that uh, I had never really had before. And so... Uh, I jumped into it. I caught the bug real quick, got uh, addicted to it, moved here in 2012, not planning to get involved with it, but uh, just after about three months of living here, I was like, all right, I've got to find what the improv scene is here. And um, there were a couple troops in town. Um, there was, you know, Music City Improv, uh, which that, Scott that was, was in. That was the group I was performing with. And then uh, another troupe. And, uh, but beyond that, I mean, that was really the only scene. There were just two troops here. I, I joined one of the troops uh, for a while and then uh, pretty quickly missed one of the forms I did in Atlanta, which is long form. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whose line uh, is it anyway that's short form? Uh, by the troop in Atlanta, we were doing kind of envision like a play without a script, like a Herald type. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be an example of long form. Yeah, for sure. And so I started uh, LOL Nashville in I think 2013, um, just because that was kind of missing, uh, you know, as far as what I wanted to experience in Nashville. So created that for a while, and uh, eventually, I guess we we can get to how me and Scott came up with Third Coast, mm-hmm. but that's how I got into improv in Nashville, at least. Great. So yeah. you've been here for a little over five years or so. Yeah. Scott, did you grow up in the area, live no, here? How did you get no, to Nashville? I, I came here from Boston, and so this was back in 2004, and um, I had uh, been performing with a main stage cast in Boston. Uh, the theater was Improv Boston, and I got started in 97. And uh, that was, I just signed up for a couple of classes, I never did anything in college, nothing in high school, no theater, no performing arts whatsoever, uh, even after college. And then uh, kind of, uh, I guess I was, I want to say, um, 30 when I started. Um, you were 30 in 97? In 97, yeah. that's that's so a lot older than So you're 40 I'm now. I'm going to be 50, actually. Yeah. Going to be 50. So yeah. I'm an old man. You get Wait, good are math. you really going to be 50? <laughs> yeah, this wow. November. We should do something here. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so, um, but, uh, I I mean, I think one of the things that I kind of heard in what Luke was describing in the experience of being with some other people and then performing is it's, it's pretty addictive. I mean, you know, you get up in front of an audience that's laughing at you and that energy and it's very, it's, um, not something that's easy to just put down. So uh, if you're with the right people and I've been fortunate enough to be with the right people in Boston and later here, um, you can stay with it and you can keep doing it and you know generally your shows will be good uh as long as you're practicing and as long as you're with people that um have some motivation to continue to to improve but so in any case 2004 not a lot going on i found a couple of people who had moved here from other places and my partner uh emily volman and i uh, started improv nashville and we opened a theater on 12th south and we had that place for about a year um, no bar and a very, very pared down, uh, 
operation compared to what Luke and I are doing now. That was in the upstairs yeah. of that building? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's now a yoga studio. It's pretty hot property over there right now, isn't it? Yeah. As is this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would have been nice to have this on 12 South. That would, that would have It been. would have been a lot easier yeah. first 10 months, for sure. Um, this place shuts down at night. Um, in any case, uh, and then I uh, stepped away for a couple of years. Some of my friends kept doing it, and that's Music City Improv. And so then when Luke came into town, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Those guys uh, were doing one show a month. So um, I think compared to like where we come from, Boston, Atlanta, there are shows every weekend at some mm-hmm. of the theaters there. So um, so now we have that here, thanks to thanks to this place. So. Yeah, so, so you guys met in that, that improv group. Well, we or, met um, LOL Nashville, uh, which was the troupe mm-hmm. I had started, and then Scott was the director of Music City Improv. Uh, they were doing classes, and we were doing classes, and... Um, we just figured it'd be better just to, to join forces. So we uh, started a training center where both troops were together. Um, and Scott would teach some classes. I would teach some classes. Sometimes we would co-teach, which was also really great. Yeah. Scott's a teacher in real like in real life. His uh, big boy yeah. job. By trade, yeah. So um, <laughs> we both had different teaching styles, which I think was really beneficial for students mm-hmm. because they were able to see, you know, there's so many different schools of thought with improv one's not necessarily better than the other it's just you kind of have to take what works for mm-hmm. you so it was actually really i do we don't really get to do co-teaching anymore but i really miss those opportunities that we had yeah it was just past. fun plus yeah. we had a lot of students too um and so uh le- more luke than myself uh we had a place in east nashville that we did that was pretty stable in terms of availability for us to perform in um you know there's there's really not a lot of places for people to do comedy uh, who live here in Nashville, um, uh, especially improv, the kind of comedy we were doing, improv or sketch comedy. Uh, there's a lot of music venues, a lot of coffee houses, and a lot of bars. But we had a, we had a place called The Building, which is now a tattoo parlor. Uh, it was behind Drifters at Five Points. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, across the alley from Beyond the Edge. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, unfortunately for LOL, they didn't really have a reliably... Uh, uh, stable uh, venue to perform out of. Yeah, I mean, so, we were every month we were uh, having to contract with a different venue, which I mean was neat. We, you know, we were getting places like City Winery, Basement East, Twelfth uh, and the Porter, Basement, Twelfth and Porter, Twelfth uh, and Porter. We actually had like a run for almost a year there, but just it was a every month. But you guys, there were a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I remember one time in particular we were teaching, and he was just incensed that a show he'd been marketing. The the owner called him and said, "No, we're not going to do you. We got a a gig." A they music, double booked. A band. Yeah, they had oh, they double booked. booked. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I just, thought it was just he pref- he picked somebody over your group because he thought no, they, they could draw a bigger crowd. They had like they double booked. I was just like, okay. I remember that moment that yeah. we walked out of class and I was so ticked off. Yeah. And, and like, that that was really I think just the frustration. And then shortly thereafter, uh, the owner of the building um, got out of the rental business. Uh, the people that had leased it that were subleasing to our group. Uh, left as well so then we were homeless and we just didn't have a place um and so i think it was out of that frustration look there's no there's no place that has a stage that's a theater-like uh space that really is just for improv comedy uh and it's just for people that live here in nashville who do comedy mm-hmm. so that was it. it was really neat to have that moment happen because i i i don't know who mentioned it first but one of us said uh, I'm gonna. You I'm did. Thinking, you mentioned it first. And then right, I so I was like, I'm. I'm gonna open a venue. I'm tired of having to, you know, contract out each month. And then Scott literally goes, 
oh, I've been thinking about doing that too. And then we just looked at I, each other like, why don't we do it together? <laughs> I had been uh, teaching at this school in East Nashville that closed. And um, one of the guys who started this school was a real estate developer. And I had a meeting with him. I'm a little embarrassed about it. I won't go into detail because I'm, I'm not a business person. I'm sure. kind of a novice at all that stuff. So I presented my ideas to him. He was very patient. <laughs> I, I don't want to say patronizing, but he was very patient and just kind of like, oh, that's, that's very cute, a little pat on the head. But it was, it was my effort to organize some th- mm-hmm. thinking about like how something like this could work again, but maybe on a slightly bigger scale than what we had on 12 South. And so then when Luke just happened, like he was frustrated, he just like, I'm, I'm going to open a venue. And I remember pausing. I was like, ah, that's funny because I was just thinking about trying to do the same thing. I was getting a little frustrated with, with my group just in terms of, I, I felt it was very limiting. For example, we weren't auditioning people. We, there was a sense of like, we just want to do the same thing. And I just, there, I just, I was constantly meeting people and just wanted to kind of have that continue, but mm-hmm. on a, on a bigger scale so yeah and it's hard to have a group that doesn't have a space to practice because then you're scrambling and then not to have your locked in place to perform and promote your shows that's definitely frustrating so you guys kind of got your ideas together and then i'm curious how many other places you looked at before you found this or did you oh, kind of find this early and then own story yeah, yeah and we a, we formed an llc uh soon, probably about a month after yeah. that conversation in the parking lot um we formed an llc in february of 15 um, and shortly thereafter, we got a, a real estate broker and started uh, sending him, you know, you know, places, parts of town we were interested in, what our needs were. Started looking, you know, everywhere for places. It took a year uh, to find, and we had along that along the way, things were like, oh, this would be great, or it was either too expensive, or this would be great, and then it was already leased. So we had a lot of. It was like a roller coaster. Uh-huh. And in the meantime, prices just kept going up. Yeah, like, no doubt. They were already not affordable for us. And they were, it was like we'd fallen overboard and the boat was receding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we were kind of almost ready to throw our hands up. In fact, and- I, I, in fact I had said, I said, that's it. Well, this is not going to happen. We're not going to find a space. Here's what we'll do. We'll put together some money and, and we'll produce a show. Which I wasn't interested in because I was I was already doing that. You'd done that LOL, before, and that's why I wanted to. That's what I wanted to not do. I think I think I told you. Did I tell you? Give me one more week. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. You, that, I was going to say. Yeah. And then Luke said, well, uh, "One more week. Just give me one more week." And then yes, because he was tired too. I mean, we were both tired. Him more so than me because he had availability to run all over the city with the uh, with the this real estate guy and, and, and la- also just look around. That last week, I literally just started driving around, looking on even Craigslist, like which is actually how we found this space. It was a sublease from uh, Imogene and Willie. Imogene and Willie, the Gene, Gene company. Yeah. So where you're sitting right now, this is actually a Gene factory. They had sewing machines all over. It was just a literally a warehouse, electrical conduit everywhere, boxes of outlets hanging down yeah. to the ceiling. And so uh, I walked in though. Uh, we immediately scheduled an appointment. Walked in, I was like, "This is perfect." Mm-hmm. And um, I called Scott. I said, "I found the place, but we've got to act quick." And um, we did it. And we acted super fast. Had a lease drawn up. Um, I literally had the lease drawn up and came and signed it before my my our real estate broker couldn't even come to the meeting. I just did it without him. I'm gonna let this I'm, sucker get off the hook. So Scott and I came over here. We were like little school children. We're like taking pictures of us signing the lease, and it was very surreal at that. It was very because happening. It was it was surreal because we had no idea what was about to happen. <laughs> yes, it was Act Two. Uh, yeah. the, <laughs> and that was February of sixteen. So it literally was a year, and then it took us. Uh, we started the build out process, which is a. Uh, 
work. Yeah. Like it was just uh, like emotional stress, anxiety, but just physical labor, like a lot of it. And a lot of learning on the curve, I imagine. You know, trying to save costs by learning some things on your own and then finding Sometimes it. we were too cheap and then sometimes we weren't cheap enough. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, I, I like Luke is always saying, we didn't, we made mistakes, but we didn't make anything that was fatal. Like we didn't right. make any fatal errors, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Because it's a very ex- a complex process. And because we got some quotes for people to be general contractors on the project and literally some of them were like the lowest one was like a quarter million dollars. It was like $228,000. I remember that guy because I I remember looking at the quote and I was like, (laughs) it was way beyond any, anything I could pull together. And, and Luke had some savings from, but that was it. He he had some cash on hand. And so that's how, I mean, the dirty secret about small businesses that it's almost impossible to get money unless it's just your own money. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, um, I mean, we we did a the build out process. We did a Kickstarter, which was beyond anything we could think. Like it, the community really came together. Do you remember um, what the numbers were on that? It was almost thirty thousand. Yeah, right? twenty eight after the fees and stuff. I yeah. think it was like yeah. So. And it was, I don't know. It's just really humbling to see. I think two hundred eight backers, two hundred twenty eight backers. So two hundred twenty eight people giving money. Uh, some of them didn't even live in Nashville. Some of them were stand up comics that you know, didn't even have like day jobs, didn't have much money, were giving money. Um, and I think once we did that, it really inspired us. Like we have, now we have to make this work mm-hmm. because um, we now knew the hard numbers of how many people we'd be letting down. And um, I don't know, we've all, I think that's what's kept us going. We've had a lot of times where we're just like, we're either we're out of money or we're just tired. This month last year was probably f- for us the most stressful because mm-hmm. we were, it's like, uh, I don't know what to liken it to. It's like jumping from one side of a, a, a chasm to the other, and you're like mid-flight, and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm already starting to pitch down. And it was just <laughs> yeah. like we were so far along the process that we couldn't turn back. Right. But we were pot we, committed. But we couldn't see where it was going to end, mm-hmm. and we weren't sure that we were going to have enough money to make it to the end of it. Yeah, the problem we had, our biggest struggle was uh, we had to, our lease started when it was signed. Mm-hmm. So and so we yeah. are paying rent without without any income, open. right? Right. And we, uh, at, towards the end of July last year, we o- we opened August seventeenth um, for a soft open. We ran out of money, um, I think, early August. Yeah. And so we were literally just floating. And, we were just ignoring bills. Yeah. And then uh, the city finally gave us our permit to open, and uh, ever since then we've, which is I think. Uh, I don't know what to attest where this you're to. Going. Yeah, this is but remarkable. we've operated in the black since day one. Meaning, you know, every month we've we've never lost money, which is uh, cash flow ton- positive. On cash the flow month. positive. We got tons of debt, but it's just amazing. Me and Scott, you know, every week we'll, when we meet, we're just like, I don't know how this is happening, but we're not losing <laughs> Still, money. Like even now, um, yeah. knock on wood. But it's yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, uh, <clears throat> so second dirty little secret is you do need to have some operating capital on hand to get through. We did not. We did. So we made, so I, I'm going to retract an earlier kind of positive confidence statement I made, which was we didn't really make any big errors. I think the, the big errors were we just didn't have a lot of money and then we didn't have any operating capital once we got open. So those are, somehow we survived both of those things. Yeah, we just found that you can just, turns out you can just go to a website for a credit card and just get another one. How many did we open? We open a bunch <laughs> I think of credit we cards. we have seven or eight. Seven or eight. They're all cards. maxed. But uh, 
And then we, <laughs> and then everybody who we owed money to, we, one of the questions was, "Do you take credit cards?" <laughs> it was, Let's get this out of the way. We literally, so when right shortly after we opened, we had one of the bills we had been ignoring was a large bill for our electricians for all the electrical work because since it was an empty shell, I mean, we had to get subs. We were the general contractors on the project, which I don't ever recommend doing. Uh, but it saves we, you money, but it saves it, you money, but it's a you it's a pain, you yeah. spend it in in worry. Yeah, but we uh, we had a huge electrician bill. We had no money. And um, we uh, called, we called them, and it was just a smaller operation. It was like you know, just a two guy company. And he's like, "Well, I don't take credit cards." And I was like, "Well, well, crap." <laughs> uh, You're going to. <laughs> I literally walked his wife through how to set up a PayPal account so, so that we could split up payments among three credit cards. Uh, but from that day, that was our biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. The the irony is, last night I had a practice with Luke's group. Uh, it was the first practice I've had, like a legit practice for me on a personal level since we've opened this place. He's been so busy. Ironic. It's ironic that, uh, like, I had a desire to like make a space. I mean, it's kind of selfishly so I could horse around and, and have some fun people to get on stage with and have an audience that's adoring and laughing. I don't and think I, it's selfish. I think we just had like we had a. The purpose was for our groups to have a home that would also be a yeah. home for us. I don't think it's bad. But but. But once you get into it, it, the business is always a priority over anything that you want to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's and me. So, uh, and I think that's appropriate, and that's fine. Um, and hopefully I'll look back. Uh, God willing, I'm still alive in a few years. I'm so old. But I can <laughs> look back, and I can say, oh, yeah, I remember that time when I wasn't doing anything. Now I'm having fun in a space that uh, my partner and I created together. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, you're 50-ish. I'm, I'll be 49 in a couple of weeks here. So I'm, I'm with you on that. We're, yeah. But I was thinking on the way over you here. Don't feel, like, you don't feel that. You don't, you don't feel it. And yeah. I was wondering, like, and you guys have kind of addressed it already, but you know, I've thought about some different ventures in my life, and I've done some of them. But mm-hmm. something like this, I was thinking, man, that's going to make you grow up. And you know, you're going to be an adult at a whole nother level. Mm-hmm whether you want to or not. And that's not a bad thing after you get through it um, to challenge yourself, just like an improv, you challenge yourself to, to go kind of into the open space and find the goodness. I mean, you guys did that with the club. I mean, it's pretty, you know, pretty amazing all the work that you've put into it and the, the growth you've had and being able to stay in the black since it's open and all those things. But that's a trust thing, like an improv trust, which you guys basically oh, yeah. did between each other and with the business. So the, you know, the goodness that you put into it has been coming back to you now that it's going. But you also are creating a space where the people that haven't had to grow up yet and put their cash on the line and mortgage their house, whatever you had to do, uh, they can experience improv and grow into older people at some point, too. So I'm just curious, sidetrack for a second. When you guys started improv in your respective places, were there people that had put things on the line for you that maybe you didn't recognize back then that now you're like, oh, they must have put some money up for that space or, sure, you know, that kind of made it happen? Yeah, I remember um, the Improv Boston Theater was an old hardware store at Inman Square in Cambridge. Um, and it was uh, basically started by a bunch of guys in their 20s who came from uh, Boston University and Boston College. So they were college uh, improv teams. And um, and I remember uh, we had a meeting with everybody that was involved in some of the shows uh, with um, some really talented uh, musical directors and uh, one of the guys that was on the it was it's a nonprofit it remains a nonprofit um, but th- basically the point of the meeting was guys we have a theater so 
let's stop the whining and complaining. We have a theater, okay? Not everybody gets a theater in this town. Right. And we have one. So this is awesome. So appreciate it. I would say, by and large, that's been the response of the community here that's been on stage. Everybody has a sense of gratitude and appreciation for what, what they've got. There have been a couple of people who I think don't get it. But I, honestly, that comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. I, you know, there have been times when I've sort of talked myself into, like, Scott, you just have to be the bigger person. This person has no clue what you've gone through or Luke to make this happen. And that's that's okay. I mean, there's just going to be a lot of clues. There's always going to be a few that never get it. Right. Always a few. Uh, sometimes but, a lot. Sometimes <laughs> but, a lot. But hopefully just a few. We've been fortunate here that <clears throat> literally when he says a couple, I mean, literally just a couple of, yeah. of people. There's the, the community here has been, and we, we've had, our whole business model has been a local place for local comedy put on by local people. So we, we've had some touring people come in that have you know, been on Netflix or whatever, but that's not our goal. Our goal is not to bring people in here that are touring comics. We want to give stage time to locals. Um, and so we have producer meetings once a season. We do. We have a season as our, uh, you know, we have three four, seasons every, a year. Yeah, every four, four months. Every yep. four months. Three, three seasons three a year. year. Mm -hmm. We had a producers meeting. We had 70 people come uh, and pitch ideas for shows. And I think of those 70, like 40 had a show, something like that. I don't know the numbers exactly. That got head, put but, on stage. Yeah. Um, it was so humbling just to see that many people in the room that, not just wanted to perform, it had like a concept and then had their own performers that they were going to bring on board. So many people wanting to get involved in the theater. Um, that, and then also another moment, I think me and Scott just looked at each other and were like, this is why we created spaces. We have uh, improv jams jam, twice yeah. a month um, where we've been averaging 40 people coming that are not, they're not regular performers, they're not performing in other troops, but they're just coming in a chance to play or just watch. And then we've got our weekly roast the host open mic, which is those are free things for the community that I the think comedy check our also mission free. statement. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we've got uh, Mark Anunson, who you know is yes. a, a personal finance. Uh, he he reached out to us and just said, you know what, I see a lot of comics who are uh, really not managing their finances very well at all, and that's what I do professionally. So I'd like to. Uh, do a presentation. And, and me and, and Scott and will be there. We'll be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, you should have had this in a different building before we found this building. <laughs> uh, where were you a year and a half ago? Um, so in any case, uh, I, I mean, I think one of the, it's not an explicit statement. It's not like on our logo or anything, but, but I think Luke and I are definitely, for our differences in personality and styles, and age. And age. <laughs> He's relentless over there. <laughs> I think. He's very alert for a young guy. <laughs> huh? Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, we really do value the idea that, um, that, that people will support each other. And we do really value the idea that this is a community of performers and comedians. Um, we're happy to help people who are younger and ambitious enough to want to leave Nashville and go someplace else, like a true comedy market and try to make it there. We would like to, I guess, be a stepping stone for some of those people. But if you're, if you want to have a, a family and a life here in Nashville, and you also have uh, some talent and some energy to put into developing that talent and you want a place to perform, that's kind of what we'd like. We'd like that to, to happen here. And we'd like people to feel welcome here. We want this to be a place where good quality comedy gets produced. I think, and I think it's the biggest compliment is when you've got someone that, uh, you see, start here and then go to either LA or Chicago or New York. We've had a couple of people. Yeah, we've had some that. people that have been uh, done, you know, been on television. We've had, I mean, it's been, 
we're starting to see people that have started here and then and then go on to other things, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And then in another ten years, we'll see those same people come back. They're like, ah, oh, give up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the defeated. They can teach the class on give, how give, dreams give get broken. Your poor, <laughs> downtrodden. Well, another cool thing you guys did uh, this past year was host the big uh, broken record comedy show. Now, how did that go? <laughs> we didn't know what to expect. That was that was yeah another thing. We just like yeah sure. We say yes, and then we figure it out. Because that's know. eight days of pure madness, right? Yeah, and go ahead. Said, Scott, I think that's. I think the fact that we're both improvisers has uh, opened the door to a lot of just cool things that had we not said yes, we would have never experience. We, right. A lot of times we say yes, and we figure it out along the way. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was an eight day thing, and it was uh, nonstop, and it was uh, crazy. But you know, Chad, Chad is such positive. Like he just loves it. He mm-hmm. truly loves doing it. I mean, I, I can't explain it. I would personally not like any of that. But right. Uh, but he moved in and made it happen. And DJ too. The and whole DJ. week they get like no sleep for a week. Like, yeah. I don't know how they do it. I mean, to the to your guys' benefit, they'd done it a few times yeah. already, so they kind of had the the system in place and they would worked out some of the kinks. But then logistically, there were some probably new some new things happening here. They, yeah, but they do it down to a science. I mean, it's very impressive. I mean, it's a huge. Yeah. They've got. They do uh, it over, I think, probably a hundred stand-up comics. At least, yeah. And they have to have ten people in here all the time and twenty-four hours a day. Our neighbors in the building. Uh, yeah, the uh, folks upstairs not, who have the <laughs> nine-to-five nine job—they they were not happy at all. So, but so it worked uh, out. Yeah. It all worked out. Now we have a little great. soundproofing. So yeah. every every if you come back here, you're going to see some new things. Like every usually, week, it's because yeah. somebody complains about something or something breaks <laughs> or something goes wrong, and we have to improve it mm-hmm. so that's how it yeah works. we make that's small improvements but yeah it was uh we now have the guinness world record for the longest uh variety show multiple I think it was a variety comedians show this year it was not yeah, a they switched show. it yeah it's a brand so, new record so, so yeah i'm looking for i need to find out where that plaque is i want to get a yeah this should be right in the right yeah. in the foyer yeah did you guys put in a foyer we didn't put that was one of our biggest mistakes we have a vestibule we don't have a foyer <laughs> we do have i feel like you only have one fancy <laughs> word room in the building and we've got a vestibule two so. two fancy words would be too much yeah. it's i think yeah that's right I yeah agree. it wouldn't hold the gravitas as of the previous <clears throat> previous that's, statements that's another fancy <laughs> word. you're pushing it so uh for people that are just finding about third coast the first time just walk me through quickly what what the normal weeknights look like here and then um the classes you guys offer i'm sure there's people listening that would like to take some of those yeah we have uh uh, we have a fantastic uh training center director in uh mr tim yeager and so he is organized um a whole series of classes uh based on his experiences at comedy sports and improv olympic Uh, we've got some other people here from chicago as well um, who who are very involved in, in teaching. And that's on Mondays and Tuesdays, generally. In the uh, training center, it's not just, uh, you know, which is fine to have classes where it's like, you know, we're just going to have fun and uh, make you fall in love with improv, which is what our level one is designed for. But we've put, Tim mainly has put a lot of work into creating a full curriculum so that by the time you graduate our training center, which is the only training center like it in Tennessee, it's also now the largest. We've got nearly 50 students right now. By the time you graduate, you will have the skills if you want to either get on stage yourself or start your own troupe or whatever it may be. Um, so that's we're very proud, mm-hmm. I think, of our training center right now and couldn't have done it without Tim Yeager. But it's yeah, it's a really incredible program um, that we've got going on. And that's Mondays and Tuesdays. And we may have to we'll have, we'll have to cross that bridge later. But if it gets too big, we'll have to find some more space. Um, uh, Monday night is the roast the host. It's the after open mic open mic. Uh, that doesn't start until ten, um, 
And then Wednesdays uh, is either dark or we have a, our improv jam. And then we have shows generally Thursday through Sunday evening. Um, obviously, our, our primetime spots are Friday and Saturday. Um, we feature mostly improv comedy shows, but we do have a number of stand-up shows that are produced and uh, put together on this stage. Um, we've had a couple of sketch shows, uh, and we have a couple of variety shows kind of in the mix as well. Um, and uh, But, uh, you know, it's every weekend. And when, like I said, when I moved here, there were two troops in Nashville for improv. Now I think there's 12. And nearly every, I think 11 of the 12 perform on our stage here. That's so, awesome. Um, but I say that all to say, the last two sketch shows we did were n- not on the weekend, and they sold out. Um, we had 90 people in here for Skits and Bits, which was a, a you know a, ser- a lot of collection of sketches. And we had uh, the Trump show, uh, which was a series of sketches. And both on Thursday nights sold out, which was, I think, shows that Nashville is definitely ready for uh, more sketch. Yeah, so next level sketch stuff. We're yeah. trying to jump on that for yeah. season four, which starts uh, in, in September. September. Mm-hmm. Very so, cool. And you get, I mean, we're sitting on the stage. Um, which is probably uh, one of the better stages I've ever performed on or stood on. Um, and uh, we designed everything so that uh, it would feel really uh, easy to do shows on this stage. And it's not a big space. Uh, and so when we have 30 people in here, it feels very, very full. And when we have 80, the energy it's is gotta be rocking, incredible. Huh? It's incredible energy, yeah. It's a, it's a really fun space. Well, you designed it well. I mean, it's, it's got the, the width you have with, if you need five or seven players up for a, a game or, yeah. you know, for the stand-ups, it's, the intimacy is right there. The crowd's right up on top mm-hmm. of you. It's yeah. nice. We, we spent um, – we had a lot of time to, to buy time as far as for designing the stage. The built, Like the permitting process alone bought us a couple months to really lay out how do we want – the stage and feel the space to be. And of all the, you know, all the minor mistakes we made along the way, I think our biggest non mistake or biggest success was the, I think, uh, the layout of the, the stage layout of the, and, yeah, and the, the theater. Yeah. Um, it's I think a, we did that right. And um, this is probably the most intimate comedy. Well, it is the most yeah. intimate comedy venue in Nashville. And again, I mean, I think that's a testament to how Luke and I have worked together. It was really, I don't remember ever really having a discussion about, debating how it should look. There was, a, there was a controversy about a color that was on stage for a while. However, <laughs> I got but over To it. win those arguments, you just have to get Scott's wife on board <laughs> with your idea, and then you're good. <clears throat> and a little thing about Luke, just tell him something can happen if you want to use some reverse psychology to get him to do and something. That will work. That, will that work works good, okay. Yeah. There were a lot of lenders along the way that said no, or consultants that said no, or... Uh, a lot. Our friends and family were saying yes most of the time, but I think that a lot of people just were skeptical. And I think that if you've got a dream or a vision for something, um, find a way to make it work. Um, if you fail, you fail. I think that, but you're never going to succeed if you don't risk failing. And so, just risk failing. Um, you know, I, I I would think the other thing is um, uh, you got to find you got to find people to work with. So. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't have done this without Luke. There's absolutely no way that I could do this by myself. I mean, he does so much. Um, his, ener- his energy is amazing, and he's well, very, I'm just very younger. I'm just, he's, just <laughs> he's got 20 years on me. 
I think and he added five years to us just in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a lot older myself. This, this microphone's getting very heavy. Um, <laughs> it's our mileage. It's my age. It's nap time. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, have have um, uh, my my quick advice would just be don't don't try to do it alone. Yeah. Um, definitely have have a person that you're going to work with. Um, I just think that makes you much more motivated and much more creative in problem solving. Um, and also it's another person who could potentially bring some money and money is very important. <laughs> and accept, accept help. We had a lot of, we, even Scott and I could not have done this with our, by ourselves. We couldn't have done it with the Kickstarter alone or our finances. alone. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of people, uh, like Chris Hill who helped us build out, uh, the, uh, boosts in the bar and a lot of other mm -hmm. handy Rich projects Sutlet, that we couldn't have done. Pitched in hours yeah. and money to just, Rich, just yeah, he was generously. here almost every night. Yeah. Uh, so he would be, you know, he'd be here with us till midnight. And we're like, you, you could go. We yeah. felt bad. <laughs> um, but we had so many people that were offering to, to help. And had we ever said no or not taken that, them up on that, it would not be open. And so just accept people's help. Let mm -hmm. them, if they want to help, let them help. Uh, I'm glad we did that because we wouldn't be open had yeah, we not. That's true. That's great. Well, we'll just yeah. leave it right there. I'm going to okay. link to all of your social media on the show notes, your website, so people can find out more about you. And make sure I'll I'll add a link there to the build-out process. You guys had some great video of okay, what the space yeah. looked like that's as right. it evolved. Yeah. And uh, that, that's always cool to see. I do want to add one thing. We've sure. got our one-year anniversary coming up in September. Uh, I believe that show is going to be September 30th. So we're going to be putting together another video, another mm -hmm. slideshow with uh, a lot more pictures and video, but of just what the last year has looked like. So uh, September 30th will be our one-year anniversary officially. And one other thing, uh, there's a improv festival that uh, oh, yeah. that Luke and a gentleman by the name of Scott Elam have uh, uh, produced uh, last couple of years. This will be the third year. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that's going to be here and that's in early November. So if people are traveling through, that's something to come and see. So, awesome. I'll definitely yeah. push those out and promote them too. Got 10 more plugs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks Luke. Thanks Scott. I appreciate you. Let Robert, me pop in today so and check much. it out. I'm glad you were able to see the space. Yeah. Come, yeah. Come see a show or glad do a show. Come over. We're going to talk as soon as we put the microphones yeah. down. I got some <laughs> ideas already. Oh, great. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Scott and Luke over there at Third Coast Comedy Club. Two guys doing a great job. And in fact, I told you at the front end that there's a cool couple of things happening at the club I want to tell you about. The first, September 30th, there's going to be a big, big one-year anniversary party right there at Third Coast Comedy Club. I'll link to their website on the show notes so you can find out more information about that. But if you've never been in there, that's a great time to check it out. A couple of other great times to check it out. On October 21st, David Hooper, a previous podcast guest, he's all about marketing on the Red Podcast. Uh, we're buddies. We're here in Nashville. We're going to launch a podcast mini camp at Third Coast Comedy Club. It's going to be on that Saturday, October 21st, from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. We're going to talk about how to be a great guest, a great host, how to be a killer co-host, where to insert comedy in your show, and how to use improvisation as well with your guests to get more out of them. Again, that's going to be at Third Coast Comedy Club, October 21st. It's a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. I'll have more information about that in the show notes and in the newsletters that you guys get as part of the Insider Tip Sheet. What else can I tell you is going to happen at Third Coast Comedy Club? Pretty exciting, this, this news right here, gang. On Wednesday, November 1st, 
I'm recording a CD at Third Coast Comedy Club for 800 Pound Gorilla Records. If you want to know more about that, get tickets. I'm going to keep them really affordable so we can jam-pack that place and have a lot of fun. Uh, just shoot me an email at schooloflaughs at gmail.com or check out the show notes or check out any link on schooloflaughs.com in the blog page. You'll find out more about it there. Love to see some people come out to that CD recording. And along with me that night, who's going to open the show? None other than Brian Bates, another frequent guest here on the School of Laughs, and as well as the guy who puts together all of the links to the news articles about stand-up comedy in the Insider Tip Sheet. Is that enough? Is that enough stuff going on? I mean, is it? Third Coast County Club just blowing up, doing great. So check them out at their anniversary party at the end of September. Again, that's September 30th. You can check out the podcast Minicamp, October 21st from 10 to 4 at Third Coast, and my comedy CD recording. Other than that, just one more note about the Clean Comedy Conference that's coming up again in San Diego this year. It's going to be a beautiful place to have the conference. Uh, If you've never been there before as a destination, San Diego is a great place. And the conference is going to give you lots of great tips on how to become a better clean comedian. Eddie Brill, comedian and former Late Show Booker, will be on the panel, as well as Jimmy Brogan, who is the former Tonight Show Booker and a writer for the Tonight Show. Uh, Tony Calabrese, very funny comedian, will be on the panel, as well as Trenton Davis. Francis DeLorenzo, who's very, very funny. Maria Herman, who's also the co-director of the entire thing, along with Brandon Young. Jeff Hodge, who's a funny comedian. Mark Christopher Lawrence, who's not only a comedian, but an actor. Amy Piddle will be on board. She's a former Booker of Cruise Ships and Las Vegas shows, so she's going to give you insight onto what they look for. Eric Street, a reality show producer and comedian, will be on the panel as well. And Brandon Young, who is a co-director of the entire thing, along with Maria Herman, will be in there. So lots of great people giving you great feedback. You can log on to cleancomedyconference.com and go register. If you mention School of Laughs, you will get 20% off the registration code up to a certain date. So get in there now. Make sure you haven't missed it. Again, the cleancomedyconference.com happening October 12th, 2017 through Saturday, October 14th in San Diego. Have a good one, guys. Stay safe and stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.